Welcome back, Seahawks fans, to the newest episode of the Seahawks Nest Podcast. I'm your host, Nathan Sano, joined, as always, by the Gimli to my Legolas. It's Kevin Garber. Kevin, how are you doing? Uh, I'm doing very well over long distances. Yeah, I was going to say, is that is that the most accurate one of all time? That's it, <laughs> It's right up there. <laughs> oh, well, then our very own Gandalf the Grey. It's Eric Ronenbeck. Eric, how are you doing? <laughs> oh, off a week, all coming back is Gandalf the, the White. Oh, he's getting off the white now. Yes, I forgot because you were gone last week. You disappeared into the into the shadow realm. And you're gonna be like, "Oh, is he a different person? No, he's the same. What is? I don't understand. What is? <laughs> Why? What's what's going? He's, what's he's, he's, he's gonna act right. like he doesn't know us. But all right. Okay, so we got some good news and some bad news. Do you guys want the good news first? Do you want to? Let's get this to the good news. You guys want the good news? Oh, I, I could use some news. good news after that game. All right. Uh, the Seahawks still own the number three overall pick in the 2023 NFL draft. Great news. Bad news. Uh, everything else. <laughs> literally, literally everything else is bad news. It's all, it's all, oh, sorry. it's all bad news other than that. <laughs> um, hey, you guys, you guys want something crazy? Uh, right now, 538 has our playoff odds at 30%. But what's cool about the 538 website is you can you can punch in the results of the games and if we win this week, it goes all the way up to like seventy percent. You want you want the bad news with that though? We're not going to win this week. We're playing the Kansas City <laughs> Chiefs, the eleven and three Chiefs, who needed overtime last week to beat the Texans. Probably a wake up call that we did not want them to have right before they before they played our football team. Um, and their their running backs have been hotter than than Hades. Uh, Jarrett McKinnon just went off last week. But we'll get to that in a second. First, let's go ahead and t- let's go ahead and eat uh, eat some vegetables. Oh wait, Kevin, you had one more piece of good news, right? La- Laquan Treadwell. That's right. Signed signed off the practice. Uh, the squad. Seahawks. Uh, you know, we may have lost our uh, arguably number one wide receiver, but that's okay because we replaced him with a former first round pick. Um, yeah, I hear you, I hear Laquan Treadwell is in the best shape of his life. Um, this so this Tyler has never been more can, focused on football. Kevin, he wanted to sign here. We can start the bad news with this Tyler Lockett injury. Oh. Um, apparently, he's got the Wolverine blood as well, though. He does not think he'll be out that long. This is why he didn't want to burn the bridge with uh, Russ. He didn't want to lose access to those uh, uh, recovery water and nano bubbles. No nano bubbles. Yeah, it's it's um, it's not great. It's not great to lose Tyler. I mean, the only things about this offense that are really working right now are Geno to Tyler and DK, and everything else has been real sketchy. So yeah, it's it's tough. It's super tough to uh, to go to that. And can I can I can we let's start with offense? And I, I just want to start with a big gripe. Just stop throwing screen passes. Yeah. yeah. Our, our screen passes are so garbage. Wait, it, wait. What so, about getting better at throwing screen passes? Could we do that instead? You'd think by week 15 <laughs> they would be better at it, but they're not. This week, four four screen pass attempts, three completions, four yards. Sounds uh, about right. That's classic four, Seahawks right there. Four yards. Uh, the average depth of target was negative three. So I mean, you know, they're they're starting behind the line of scrimmage and then getting uh, ahead of it barely. I'm I'm looking for positives, but I'm scratching deep. It's not good. What what's what's wrong? Why is why do you guys think the screen game is just struggling so much uh, for the Seahawks this year? What's going What's going on with these screens? Is was it is it just hangover from fearing KJ Wright defending the screen in practice? Eric, <laughs> I'm going to nerd out about some blocking stuff. So if you want to take the first. I'm definitely happy to. Um, a couple reasons. One, uh, we started being okay at screens at the beginning of this year. Uh, I feel like the Seahawks have been 
over the years under Pete Carroll, like we don't understand how a screen pass Kid, should run. I just want to say though, like those those screen passes that were good at the end, they weren't really screen passes. No, they were like, like screen screen adjacent. Yeah, running back circle routes. It wasn't like a, a real screen because like actual screens. Like I'm looking, I'm going week by week right now on the on my charting. Like there's not one week where we've had a screen pass that went for over like eight yards i'm on week six now i'm gonna keep going we'll see if i can find one but i'll uh, keep looking out. keep looking but uh the other thing and i think this is probably the biggest point of of uh disaster that you can point to in the seahawks season is as the season goes on teams adapt and teams start to get a book on another team and i feel like that is catching up with our seattle seahawks because we can't really do much these days even gino isn't isn't looking like the gino of old since he led that game when he drive a few weeks ago um, mix that with what is probably some, some bad timed play calling at best. And I think you have your answer there. I'm gonna have to add all these up, but like week nine, we had four screens for 27 yards. That seems to be the best one, but all like, time great. I just don't understand why we Ain't run so banner. many of home. So many of these screen plays, if they just, none of them are working. It's just, uh, well, I know why it's because it's a tenant of the offense. You're trying to stretch the uh, field laterally so that those inside zone runs have more space to work. But like if they don't have to change their defense at all in order to address them, then it doesn't matter. Yeah, it, it doesn't. It just doesn't seem like we either the blockers aren't getting out there fast enough. What Kevin, what do you what do you think? Is it is that the problem? Is that the court? There's a lot of coordination that goes into running a successful screen. You got to get the blockers out in front. You got to make sure that there's no guys, uh, you know, on covering their actual running back uh, so that the running back has space. Like what what is it about the way we set up these plays that you think just maybe it isn't working? I think that you kind of nailed it. It's the same reason why our run blocking hasn't been very good this season. I feel like we have um, our offensive line right now in the tackles case. I think it has a lot to do with kind of the speed of the game as much as they've done a good job of holding their own in their basic jobs. Like the game is still very fast for a rookie. <clears throat> An offensive tackle is a notoriously difficult position to start in as a rookie. So I think our tackles aren't really able to get out there in space and lead block. Like you remember Dwayne Brown way out there blocking on some of those running back screens and stuff. We're not going to see Charles Cross out there because he's still kind of figuring out the more basic tenets of his job. Um, I also think that the interior of our offensive line being made of pudding and string cheese has really made a difficulty in like, like Eric Armstrong shredded us, right? Um, really, everyone on the interior of that defensive line shredded us. Austin Blythe couldn't block everyone anyone. on the everyone on the exterior shredded us too. Let's be honest, it, it was not a great. It's not a great one. Blocking. Yeah, it was very Swiss cheese-ish, <clears throat> but I, I would say against basically everyone, um, the interior has had a lot of holes, and so what you get is normally you'll allow defenders to kind of collapse at a given speed towards the quarterback um, so that they feel like they're winning their blocks. And then when the ball gets to the outside, they're too far like into the backfield to be able to turn around and address it because now your offensive linemen are putting their back to the line of scrimmage and then like sealing them that way. Well, when like players like Austin Blythe and Gabe Jackson are getting beat in half a second, then it doesn't really matter. Um, I also think that, uh, like some of our tight end blocking, especially Fant and Parkinson, uh, I feel like they don't understand blocking angles as well as I would like them to. And I sometimes we're getting angled out of what could have been a good block. And when you don't get those blocks on the edge from uh, receivers and tight ends, that's you a big to, part of the screen game. 
You have to chip better. Like those guys are not chipping to help the. They're not helping. It's just they're they're just like out on routes basically. Well, it's frustrating because <laughs> I felt like a couple times early in the season, Fant looked like he was going to be that guy, and now he's he's missing it. He's not doing it. He's, he's just he's just he's just part of the, just part of the rotation, yeah. right? Like he's just he's 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 not bad. I think you know, no offense, a good football player, but he's not he's not transcendent. He's not T.J. Hawkinson or George Kittle. What we saw a lot of in this game, Fresh or uh, yes. <laughs> or Mark Andrews or Travis Kelsey, he's just not in that tier. He's he's gonna he's gonna be in that middle. He's gonna be the next uh, you know Evan Ingram or whatever, which is fine. There's nothing wrong with that. Those guys are useful football players. You just don't want to overpay them. the The tackles had trouble in this game. I mean, uh, Charles Cross allowing a pressure on over ten percent of true pass sets, and then Abe Lucas averaging or giving a pressure or a big sack and a big uh, on. It's just it was tough. It's tough. the The offense is struggling to stay on schedule. Um, Pete said it in the game and afterwards. Like we're struggling on third downs. We're struggling to stay on schedule, and it it, it doesn't take much to derail our offense right now. And whether that's the lack of big play talent or the fact that when it's third and one, we don't have a play that can get us one yard right now because yeah. of the run game. Because the run game is not working. It's just there's there's a lot of problems with our offense. And like we didn't get blown out, you know, 21, 13 is not, is not horrible. And there's definitely like a few key plays that you can point to and say, like, if these swing our direction, uh, Quandre Diggs catches the interception, Quandre Diggs learns how to tackle. Uh, (laughs) cause that, that missed tackle was the lowest (laughs) effort missed tackle of the season. Uh, if, if Travis Homer doesn't get the ball ripped out of his, or not. Yeah, that was Homer. Homer. Yeah. Yeah, If Homer doesn't get the ball ripped out of his get ripped the ball smashed out of his hands at a thousand miles an hour. I mean, those plays, yeah, those are the plays that swung the game. This was a, not a, a blowout. This was a pretty close football game where the Seahawks needed just a little bit of the luck to go their way. I mean, we're not, my biggest takeaway was that like, are we worse than the 49ers right now? Yes. Yes, we are. Are we like super far behind them that we couldn't catch up with one more pretty solid draft? I don't, I don't think that's the case at all. I think we're we're not super, super, super far behind. Um, we do need to have another good draft, though. We can't have a – what's like our worst recent draft, Kevin? 2019? Uh, the 2020, oh, the year that we only tw- drafted three players and none of them – Sure, but – Sure, but like that was that was because we lacked the draft <laughs> capital. The LJ Collier year, did anyone useful come out of that draft? Okay. DK, okay. So, yeah. That, so, we need something better than just one <laughs> one good player, though, right? You know, we need like – we need to pick up a couple good players. And unfortunately for us, Denver won last week. And this is more bad news. Denver won last week. And this guy's coming back. Let's run. And you know he's going to try to to win. It's he a was special trying to, day, man. It's he, was trying, day. he was trying to win last week, Eric, at the casino. <laughs> he looked so sad. I, it looked like. I don't care if this is a sin. This is my one point of rebellion. <laughs> he looked like it's cherry pyramid seven. <laughs> Shoot. I mean, Try it's again. weird because because the Rams and the Denver both are playing on Christmas Day. They really want you to hang out with your family. These are two of the worst teams in the league, both four and ten, picking third and fourth right now. It's a family both league. these teams, both these teams don't have their first round draft pick. And now Ara- here, and now and now here comes Arizona. <laughs> with starting starting the worst quarterback of of, of all time, they they're 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 getting right in the tank. Well, wait, mix here. wait, wait! The worst quarterback of all time. They started Colt McCoy, the second worst quarterback of all time, and then he got injured. 
<laughs> and then I know they that's moved. A, <laughs> to the worst quarterback to, of all time. They had to they had to pivot to uh, was it Trace McSorley? No, no, no. It was, was um. It? The, oh, yeah. uh, was it? Was it? I think it Is was that his Trace first Mc... name. I think it is Trace McSorley. Yeah, former dude. Penn State quarterback with the pop gun arm, Trace McSorley. Is that who Trace McSorley quarterback you, is? Yeah. And oh, you, do you want to hear? Sorry, do you want to hear the Trace McSorley? Why is Blau. it Trace? Trace McSorley. They do have David Blau, by the way. They have him. He could start this week. They David also have Blau's Carson Strong. Trace McSorley. Well, now it yeah. doesn't matter who they start this week. They they had okay. their chance to make us happy last week. Cardinals. This seven attempts for fifteen yards, two interceptions. Or seven attempts, fifteen out of fifteen. Seven completions out of fifteen. Two in, two interceptions, ninety-five yards. At least Trace they have an offensive genius as their head coach that can surely assist them out of any quarterback situation. <laughs> I would play Carson Strong, dude. I don't even. I play I Cliff mean, Kingsbury at quarterback. Can be worse. Just just okay. sit in your own mess. You made it. The let's get back to Seahawks versus. Uh, Versus 49ers, your favorite, Kevin. Do we have to? Um, is, there anything, is there anything else you want to talk about with the offense here? Did anything else stick out to you? I don't know. Uh, like, this is another one of those situations where Gino didn't have his best game. But also, we were relying on him to throw it 44 times because clearly K-9's not all the way back and we didn't want to run it that much. Um, Homer only had the one attempt and they went to fumble jail, though. So, like... It, th- it shows how important depth in the running back rotation is for this team for them to be able to do what they want to do. Yeah, we we have three games left. We really need to go two and one to have any chance at the playoffs. Uh, it's 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 pretty grim. And yeah. the worst part is, is that we're going to look back and if we go one and two in these last three games, we're going to look back and say all we had to do was pull one game off of the NFC South. Yeah, we were six and three and went eight and nine. That's that's an ugly end to the year. When I think Nathan, you said it. You said it at the perfect time, and I, I was like, "What are you talking about? We're, we're, I'm sold on this team now." But you said, looking back at this team, do you think that we are a a good bad team or a bad good team? Because looking back at like the New Orleans game, you know, is that a game that you look back and we should have won? And I'm like, "Man, I'm just gonna drink the Kool Aid." And now here we are. Uh, outside of a Christmas miracle that needs to kind of go three weeks. Um, we're, we're, we're out of the playoffs. Yeah. It's you look back at those NFC South games and you just think like we could have had all of those games. Those were all, those were all winnable games that we could not find a way to, to win, whether that was by playing better defense, not giving up so much in the rushing game or whether that was on offense, finding, finding uh, that little bit extra. It's just, yeah, it's get every week. It just gets, it just gets a little sadder. We get, we get a little more average. <laughs> We're playing, playing our way back down to to average, yep. guys. It's just so so great. Okay, um, anything else you notice on offense, Eric? Before you uh, want to go to the, uh, the to the D? No, no, no. I don't have anything else except for I, RIP. I, I have one. Like it. I have one thing. I have one thing. Uh, one more thing. Uh, Kenneth Walker, five, four catches on five. Uh, five attempts, uh, 32 yards. Travis Homer, four catches on four attempts for 25 yards. It seemed like something that the Seahawks came out and was trying, were trying to emphasize was let's get these running backs involved in the passing game. It's a way you can move the ball against the 49ers. Um, and I I don't know, maybe go back to that well more times. I mean, if you're averaging eight yards in a tenth when, on running back passes, just keep hitting it, right? Like, I just I just think that the short, that those short passes were working a little bit. I don't know. Gino was off. Gino seemed off again. 
This is like the second week in a row I'm saying that, but Geno seemed to be more inaccurate. He threw that ball behind DK in the beginning of the game that I thought could have easily gone for a pick. He he just didn't seem he doesn't seem sh- as sharp as he did early in the season. I don't know what that what that's all about, but um, that's that's it. I, th- I thought he had several interception worthy throws in this game and kind of lucked out that that didn't happen. All right, defense. My favorite thing that happened in this game on the defense was when Jordan Burst got hurt. Not that I like that Jordan Burst got hurt, but in comes Tanner Muse to play middle linebacker. And every single play pre-snap, Cody Barton just yelling and pointing <laughs> at Tanner Muse. I didn't think Tanner Muse played bad. I wa- I watched all 19 of those plays back to see, like, how was Tanner Muse? And then he was fine. I thought he did a really good job, actually. Thanks like, to Cody th- Barton. It made me think that Tanner Muse maybe should should play more. Like I was like, this guy's not not too bad. Uh, and Cody, but Cody Barton just every play, just just like waving at him, pointing, yelling, telling him. It's like, and it's making me think like Cody Barton. I'm not even sure he knows what to do. That's, I was gonna say, it, I think I said in the in the in the chat during the game on the Discord. Uh, it reminds me of like that one kid in your uh, class that's always messing up, but like they're always trying to point out the other kids like mess up. And so you're like, dude, you literally just said the thing that I've been asking you to do for like a month and a half. <laughs> like, or the worst is like you tell that kid to be quiet and then like one minute later they yell at another kid to be quiet. And it's like, dude, <laughs> what are you doing? It, just, it always reminds me of the scene in a, um, Charlie and the Chocta Factory. Spitting's a bad habit. I know a worse one. All right. I think it's time to have the conversation. Puna Ford. Puna Ford has been playing a lot this season and in my opinion he's been pretty pretty just pretty all right Does, is puna ford a scheme fit for what we're trying to do now what do you guys think hard to say man i really i still love puna ford uh i i will say i don't know if he's a scheme fit i don't know if he's completely out i feel like he should fit into the scheme just fine this is the highest played player on the seahawks eric that's that's the other <clears throat> point is we need to increase our pass rush and our our line defense as a whole next year. I feel like that's where I want to go in the draft, seeing how we're going to have two good draft picks. Um, I, if, I I think you kind of have to let him go with what he's getting paid, and he's and he's not. Oh, hold on, I I don't think that he's necessarily bad scheme fit, but with this coaching and what he's done this year, you can't keep him on the team. If we are if we are committed to running this defense, I don't think Puna Ford is part of the team. Is part of that. Right now, I think one of the biggest problems on defense is that they are trying to fit a lot of players into positions that maybe they're not perfect for because a lot of these players were drafted with a comp- and acquired with a completely different scheme in mind. And I think Puna Ford is like the the number 1 A1 example of that. Just a guy who belongs in a four three, and does not belong in w- in what we are doing right now. Do you and mind like, if I speak to that real quick? And he, I, yeah, go ahead because I I think you could add a lot to it. But I just think he's just not a perfect fit for what we're doing. I don't think Puna Ford is bad or got worse at football, but I mean he is going to have his worst PFF rating by twenty points this year, or fifteen because two thousand nineteen he had a sixty nine. Nice. nice, but 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 uh, but yeah, he's gonna have one of his worst, you know worst ratings of his he's gonna have the worst rating of his career and it's like yeah but it's not his fault right go ahead kevin so what <clears throat> makes puna ford good 
Um, he's kind of, he kind of a Swiss Army knife. He can kind of do a little bit of everything. Yeah, he can uh, he can stop a guy in the run game. He could get a nice run stop, but also he has the ability to to get downfield. Plays with a really low low center of gravity, and that's the big thing. His leverage is crazy because he's five eleven, but has arms like a uh, like six six left tackle. And what works with that is when you are playing like a penetrating three tech in a four three, your job is to uh, forklift the guard that's right in front of you and push him back. And his low center of gravity and his long arms are ideally suited for doing that. In a 3-4 scheme, you're dealing with a double team a lot more often. And your job has a lot more to do with keeping the edges and the linebackers clean. Um, and where he's 5-11 and 3-10, when he's going head up on a guy that he has longer arms then, that's an advantage. But in a double team, that length advantage goes away. And when he loses that length and leverage advantage, he loses his ability to push into the backfield as well. And he loses his ability to hold his gap in um, in the run game. So he just is not in, like in a three, four. He has to be playing defensive end. He has to play, uh, be playing um, like in the gap between the guard and the tackle. But you also have to be trying to scheme that the guard on his side is pulling the double team to the nose tackle. And it's just like, that's just not something you can guarantee every time unless you're shading a lot. And if you're shading a lot, then you're telegraphing where like pass rush and everything is coming from. And you're taking away a lot of the advantages of three, four. So that's in my opinion, why he's such a great four, three fit and not a three, four fit to suit your point. Right. Cause like in the three, four, he's got, you got all these guys. They want, you want them to play in the gaps, right? You want to, you want to play, um, you can, and you want to play like a, or you want to do like that Oki front where you like have a nose tackle as a zero and then two, five techs, um, who two gap in the run game. And like asking, asking Puna Ford to two gap in the run game, I think is, it's just, I don't think it's a great, it doesn't play to any of the strengths. And then if, if we want to play with the strengths, we can line them up farther inside, but then it's making the job more difficult for the outside linebackers. It's just, there's so many things that I just think Puna Ford, like, so with that, do you think that that's something that he will be better at next year if we were to alter the scheme for him? Or do you think that that's, that's the end of Puna Ford in this on this team? I think that you, 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 you cut him loose and you use him to improve your compensatory calculation because some four, three team is going to give him $8 million or whatever. He's worth it. He's a good, he's a really solid football player. I just don't think he's a fit for what we're doing anymore. And he's not under contract after this year. He's like the, the, I think he's the biggest free agent question that we have because there's not a lot of other guys coming off the cap that, that I think play super meaningful football for, for the Seahawks right now. Yeah. We need a Shelby Harris style Swiss army knife where he could play three tech or defensive. We have, we have Shelby Harris, right? You need, you, are you talking about cloning? Kevin, I don't want to make this a podcast about the ethics of cloning. I'm not I mean, debating whether or not it's ethical. This is the NFL. When has that ever been a question? Thank you, Kevin. <laughs> Look, as yeah, long as that clone is not on betting on football, we know that it's fine. <laughs> and he'll be able to play an entire season. So um, all we have to do is make sure that when we clone them, we don't teach them what gambling is and then keep them away from it. Jerry let's, Jones, huge but, proponent of cloning. Uh, you know, let's have a tough conversation about Quandre Diggs, too. Quandre Diggs next year is due whoa. a staggering $18.1 million from your Seattle Seahawks. Big baller uh, with all can, the dollars. We can save, we can save uh, t- almost $10 million by cutting him. 
before next season starts, but we'll still owe him $8.2 million, even with the cut. We can also add a good 10 years to producer Brett's uh, uh, life by uh, reducing his stress of watching (laughs) Quandre Diggs play. And I don't feel like that could be too underrated. (laughs) What do you guys think is going on with Quandre, though? I mean, obviously right now he's not playing $18 million a year football. Do you... What do you guys do? You guys think it's uh, he's still coming back from the injuries? Not a hundred percent. Is he? Is there a, a mental thing with the, the defense is struggling and he's kind of getting dragged down with it? It just it just seems like plays that he made last year that the tackle the the interception in the last game those plays are not happening anymore. He's just not able to make those plays. What what's going on with Quandre? Uh, he's getting older. That's you think that he's like he's NFL old, which you know by no means is actually old. Yeah, he's 29. Yeah, you're right. 29, but fringe measurables for the position too. I think that's the thing, Kevin, like with other superstars or Quandre Diggs esque players, he would be doing better, but I think why did we give him 39 million? Why did we give Will Disley so much money? Why that one, that one worked out kind of, that one worked out kind of for some of the games and he's been all right, but it's still too much when no one else is going to pay him that. We kind of look at it like, oh, these these guys are really good, and these are the guys so, you know I want to play with. So let's I've, let's just you know I, let's give them the money. I've heard John Schneider say this thing where it's like you want to reward guys for past performance, and yeah, Quandre was coming off a really fantastic season last year, but he also had a major injury that like you and like Eric said, he's twenty nine. You cannot foresee what what's coming next, right? Yep. Like you can't, you can't just say like, oh yeah, he had, he had a huge injury and it was going to be hard for him to come back. And so I'm just, I'm for a little frustrated from a standpoint. Like it's like, yeah, at the time, you know, it seems like an okay contract if you know his medicals, but it doesn't seem like they cared about the medicals to me. It seems like they were just like, yep, let's, we got this. Let's, let's throw well, them out I think out at there. the time, who else were they, were they going to put there? Uh, yeah, we that's had true. a lot we of pieces we need to fix on defense. Yeah. I, that's a good point, Eric. It, I mean, it would be nice if we could have just could have just. Uh, I, I think he's. I think he was the right signing at the at the time. I think this season is going to be tough for Seahawks fans because we're looking at a bigger rebuild than we thought. We're going to have to add pieces via free agency and the draft, and it looks like to free up that money, cutting players is the way to do it. I also think yeah, his right. dead cap numbers over the next two seasons speak to that. You know, we cut them, we save 10 mil if we cut them uh, before next season. Uh, we save 11 mil if we cut them before 2024. So it could be one of those. We so, keep them next season to be part of the transition into what the next defense is going to look like. But he doesn't see the field in his age 31 season. Yeah, we have 53 million in cap, dollars in cap space next year. The only thing I, I really feel like is that, I mean, I'm, I'm earmarking in my head 30 million of that for Gino already. Yep. And like like I said, we don't have anyone who played meaningful football under contract. I left Geno out of that because I'm just assuming at the bare minimum they're slapping that franchise tag onto Geno Smith. They're they're not just going to let him walk away unless they really are sure about a quarterback in the draft. Like they are just bone certain that they they love whoever Will Levis or whoever it is. Yeah, they, they love think that they guy. think CJ Stroud they can turn him into you know the next great quarterback, which. Which at this point they have a track record of I think pretty solid uh, player identification with quarterbacks. I mean the Geno the Geno Smith thing is is proof positive of that, right? They stuck with Geno as the backup for a long time. They let him win the starting job over a guy Drew Locke that I think most people would say there was still maybe some juice in that there. There there's still some potential. They were just still like, watering no, that Geno's hose. Our dude, 
guess. I guess. <laughs> I guess so. All right, let's talk about how the team actually performed on defense a little bit, though. Uh, the defense had trouble generating consistent pass rush, and they missed a lot of tackles in the run game. I I, I don't think I have much more to say, than, much more meaningful things to say than that. I don't want to point out um, Ryan Neal's still good. He missed a couple tackles, but he's still everywhere on the field all the time. And Nwosu is our best pass. The, the same guys, these same two guys we talk about every week yep. and Woolen. We'll talk. Woolen is the third guy. We talk about these same three players every week. Um, and PFF credited Woolen with the coverage on the one of the touchdown plays. I don't know. It's those that's so murky when guys aren't getting passed off correctly. And like, I'm not 100 percent sure whose responsibility that is. But the these three guys are the are the guys that, you know, if we carry over to next year, I mean, Neil Nwosu and and Woolen are the only guys and Shelby Harris are the only guys that I'm like a hundred percent like these guys need to be back. Al Woods. Every everyone else. Yeah, Al Woods. Al Woods age. What would he be then? Like 36? Don't care. Al Woods. Al Woods, Al Woods defensive age. line, Andrew Whitworth. <laughs> Just keep bringing him back. Yeah, I'll be 36 next year. He's like no Teddy way. Washington. I don't care. He's gonna be 42, rolling him out there on our defensive line for 20 elite snaps of no snaps <laughs> game. No, a game, 20. That's, well, yeah, that's every year it goes down. Every year it goes down. So at that's some why point he'll only have 20 snaps. I'll, I'll, the reason he's injured right now is because he has to play so much. Yeah. We're so, we're Does so that always have kids? I think he might be injured because he was, like, chasing after his, uh, his like, young child. And, like, <laughs> he's, he's at the age where those are the injuries he's getting. Al Woods so out this week. He separated his shoulder, reaching into the backseat of his car. Al Woods is out this week. He threw out his back gardening. Does Al Woods have kids? Look at him. Of course Al Woods has kids. I mean, he has, <laughs> he has such it awesome would be, dad energy. I was hoping the answer would was be, yes, but I didn't know. It would be uh, it would be an uh, absolute tragedy if Al Woods has no if Al Woods has no children. Ladies of the Seattle area, let's get What are you doing? Get, what are you doing? Al, we have this, this perfectly fine specimen out here. Eligible bachelor with the uh, Instagram tag Hulk337. I went to his Instagram <laughs> I went to his Insta- I went to his Instagram <laughs> <laughs> to try to oh boy to try to look Al Woods up and Al Woods uh, his Instagram is private but there are pictures on of him yeah he has kids yeah. okay all right okay. anyway I was checking his Wikipedia to see because I, I had to know but it's none of his no, personal no. information is on there yeah dude's no, playing no, it close to the vest and I respect it no per, no person no personal life section on the Wikipedia page so okay uh, any other defensive comments you you guys uh, see anything I mean. Bruce Irvin had to play too much again. Okay, I made a joke out of it, but I think, um, and Nathan, you alluded to this a long time ago. Uh, It's just been proved more and more correct. This team looks completely different when it gets competent nose tackle play. And it shows how incredibly important that is moving forward. Like we have Al Woods can do it. Al Woods could also play uh, kind of on the outside because he can two gap and he gets a little Mm -hmm. bit of uh, upfield uh, pressure in the pass rushing game. So we need we need to go sign another Al Woods, and then we need to try and draft a third Al Woods. So what I'm really saying is that the Seahawks need to spend $30 million on Geno Smith and $20 million on a cloning machine so that we can have three Al Woods and six Shelby Harris. I like it. I mean, you can go you can go get there are there are going to be nose tackles available in in free agency for really reasonable prices. 
you can go get Dalvin Tomlinson and have him just stand in the middle of the field. Like he he's good at that. That Dalvin Tomlinson is huge. Like there there are guys that are available in the twenty twenty three. Sheldon Rankins, professional like, large human. That's what we need. We can try, we can try like to do like a Jerry Tillery reclamation no. project or something. <laughs> <laughs> he was so bad. I, I had such high hopes for Jerry Tillery. He does not care about football. I I am like I had such high hopes for him coming out of college, but like he has not improved one iota since the the first week of his career. It's it's crazy. He makes so many dumb mistakes. The he, he just he's good for like God. He he's Jermaine Afedi <laughs> brain with Oof. uh like Josh Rosen football caring ah <laughs> yeah um my kevin with the takedown the miles adams the stuff is right, jerry tilly catching strays on the seahawks nest podcast for <laughs> here in eternity not, <laughs> not, i think my i think you need part of this defensive scheme is you need real big guys to fill those middle three spots and so it's tough like i once again this is a systems thing but miles adams could have been the red bryant big defensive end in the old system in the new system, he is just a mismatched part. He's not. He does not fit what we're doing. Every time he is on the field, our run, our uh, our run defense gets worse, and that's a problem. Yeah, it's just too bad. It's it's great story, and I hope he lands on like a four three team and and is really successful because he does he does some nice things on a football field. Uh, but he's just I just like I said I just don't feel like we have the right pieces to to put together a a real good defense. So and Brooks is yeah. suffering for that too, and it makes his eval without Bobby a lot harder because, uh, again, a three-four defense, you're supposed to be keeping your linebackers relatively clean, and that just doesn't happen here. All right, Eric. Last week we saw. Let's let's move on from this game. Let's let's move forward. They got. We're on to Kansas City, Eric. Last Oof. week we saw the Chiefs. Can we go back go to into... the last game? Wait, 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 we wait. Saw... We didn't do all three phases. Uh, Nathan, oh, talk okay. about kick return. Okay, wait. I want to talk about a guy. <laughs> Wait, first of all, yes. Okay, I, I should do this. Game. So, okay, let's go back. Um, Godwin Iggy. I'm not – I can't say this name. And I I, would, I wish I could just stand with him because this is what I do when I have a student who has a really difficult name is I stand with him and I, I say, okay, say it and I'll repeat it back and we'll do it like three times and then I'll have it because I need that. But this guy is really good at returning kicks and he's like 29 years old. So he's been in the – 28 and he's been in the NFL for a long time. Just kind of bounced around, never really found a place, but um, he's a really good kick returner. Better than, way better than DJ Dallas. Um, yeah, that's kind of kind of wild. You're waiting and for then me to correct. I want to talk. I, I, I believe talk it's Iguabuike. I think so okay. too. But I I want to talk about Derek Young, dude. That he's, catch, he's pretty good. Yeah, and he and he's a and he's a good special teams player too. He's he's very effective on special teams. This is the kind of guy who's going to stick around for 10 years in the NFL because he can make a play on offense but also because he is a good special teamer. And that's like that's invaluable. That is invaluable. The way he is down there on every punt right in the guy's face. I mean, he did get that one play where he bumped into the kicker turner. That was him, right? That bumped into the kicker turner. And uh, he said he got Was that they were blunt? Oh yeah, it was blunt, wasn't blunt. it? Yeah. So okay. So then, never mind. You're off the hook. But I like Drake Young. I think he's really good. What's his um, name? Yeah. A, a veritable uh, Eric. Help me out. Banner. Uh, Bruce Banner. David no. Banner. David Banner. The wide Alex receiver. Bannister. Alex, Alex Bannister. Bannister. That's it. A veritable Alex he, Bannister. <laughs> he could be. He could be the new. The new Alex Bannister. Yeah. Uh, wow. Hopefully, we get a, a rewrite on the end of career of the other Lockett. Yeah. Oh. Don't remind me wow. of Ricardo Lockett and. 
and that terrible pick he did in the Super Bowl. Well, I say bad <laughs> things about him, and then he and then he almost died on oh, the field, and I, I was yeah, like, yeah, I'm, "I'm just kidding." I hope you're, I hope you're, I hope you're well. But sir. you know, uh, but you know that he survived because you didn't meet him in real life, so you didn't put the hex on him. That's right. Hey, Jason, Alex Bannister, and who was the guy that uh, the Eagles signed? The captain. Oh, uh, oh. that would be uh, that would be Heath? no. Um, oh, come on, Marigold. Yeah, no, yeah. Oh, yeah. no, Marigos, Marigos, Marigos. Yes. Yeah, Marigos, uh, who is now a special teams coach in the NFL. As he um, should, but he was a safety, not a not a wide receiver. You know, yeah, because he would get two preseason team. snaps at safety. <laughs> <laughs> Earning the C on the special teams always, always a yeah. an entertaining moment for me. Western Michigan's finest, Chris Marigos. Oh, how time uh, Dick does Dixon go. good. Bye. Uh, Bye. <laughs> Jason, even your Jason Myers is just is the kick god. Like he's just doesn't miss anything. So I just yeah. knew you wanted and to give a shout out to it's not, so I wanted to make sure you got it's that not, chance. <laughs> it's not Pete Carroll's fault that or it's not Michael Dixon's fault that Pete Carroll's a coward and punts too often. Like True. he does a good job when he's out there. Okay. Now we can move uh, on. Kansas City Chiefs. <laughs> Last week the Chiefs played the Texans. Oh man, did they though? And they, they needed overtime. It was like with the Phoenix met the, the Liberty. Win. 24 to 30. Uh, th- this is the problem I have, okay? Isaiah Pacheco, 15 rushes for 86 yards. Jarek McKinnon, 10 rushes for 52 yards. Patrick Mahomes, 5 rushes for 33 yards. This team is running the ball in addition to the 40 pass attempts per game they're going to give Mahomes. <clears throat> it's almost like Andy Reid. They, they were very unfortunate. They've lost two fumbles in this game. Uh, and they, they fumbled another one that they, they gave up a couple key sacks they, this was a, a fluky performance and I don't think lightning strikes in the same place twice, right? No, actually what? lightning lightning with their, they'll still win by not by much. Are you saying we won't be competitive this week, Nathan? I'm, I'm worried. This, this one's in Kansas city. Whereas the, uh, Texas historically games, low temperatures predicted was in Houston. Uh, is that good for us or bad for us? I think that's yes. bad for us. <laughs> Jer- you want know another thing that's worrying? Jarrett McKinnon, eight targets, eight receptions, 70 yards. Gross. Yeah, that's uh, – dude, he's putting up like 150 all-purpose yards on us, and then Pacheco's going to come in for like 100 on the ground. You know what makes Mahom- me the least comfortable, though? What? Chris Jones, 55 pressures, 11 sacks on the season, playing uh, defensive interior against our defensive interior. Like Chris – He's not changing. Austin those Blythe is going to be uh, just like he might as well just be uh, tie his ankles together with uh, Geno Smith because they're going to be standing side by side half the game. You know, Carlos Kevin, Carlos Dunlap revenge game, Kevin. Oh, no. don't make he like, that he's looked he's looked a little spicy out there the last couple. He's had a better pass, uh, two pass deflections against the Texans. I ended up Frank watching Clark most defend, of that game. Frank, Frank, Frank Clark and, uh, revenge game always on the table. Uh, you know, yeah. so these uh, some of these people like to have. Um, uh, like me, I like to have my my nice Christmas meal on Christmas Eve. That's where I like to feast, not on Christmas Day. And I feel like that's what the Chiefs' defensive line is going to be doing. I mean, if you want to know, like, use a feast, Eric. If you want a statistic to point to that, like, Kansas City dominated the Texans and were just unlucky. They ran seventy six plays in this game and possessed the ball for thirty seven minutes. Like it was, this game was not. Look at how much they ran the ball. Not just not the stats close. on the ground, but just the amount of rushes each person had. Yeah, you know, 33, 10, 33 three guys rushes. getting basically thirty rushes, and then they spread the ball out almost ten more times. And then six yards a rush too. This is, it's a nightmare. 
I am not going to, I do not say this lightly. This is a nightmare. Kansas city is not a great matchup for us. We're going to take our young underperforming defense on the road against the number one DVOA offense. And our defense has been dog water, but we do have lost his uh, security blanket and uh, Tyler Lockett too. We do have the number one DVOA special team. So, you know, that's uh, all three phases. That's the thing. That's what we're good at. We're good at punting, kicking, kick coverage. Um, yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, my, my, my soul hurts. I want to think about too much. Um, you know, you know, I, I would normally like say a little more about the chiefs, but I feel like everyone knows who they are, right? They have the best quarterback in the league. Uh, they have the, one of the best all time, great coaches. Uh, they're, they're just really good, and their defense has improved quite a bit. Yeah, they've got last a, year. They're in that interesting spot where they've got a young defense. Where there it's was not a great, it's not a great defense. It's like, but, but it's competent, and they come up with plays when they need. And to. And like you said, they're improving throughout the season because, like, who are their core players? Nick Bolton's a second year player. Legarius Sneed is a younger Leo, corner. Leo Ch- Leo Chanel, yeah, who I really liked coming out of the draft. But the, and then they got the the good defensive line still. That's the thing is. Um, Kansas City's not so much about like, oh, our defense is so good, they'll stop you on every play. They're going to give up some drives. We will score points in this game. The problem is, is that they have what they'll do is they'll they'll put together a couple three and outs in a row, and then Mahomes won't stop scoring. So unless they're turning the ball over, it's just you, eventually you can't keep up. Like you just eventually they get they get two and they get two stops, and then you're now you're down ten, and then you're you're trying to come back, and then oh they get one more stop, and now you're down thirteen, and it's it's just the game's it just gets harder and harder and harder to come back against them. So yeah, that's, it's not a great defense, but they, they can come up with plays. They got Chris Jones, like Kevin said, Frank Clark, all these young defenders who are flying around. All right, let's, uh, let's get to picks. I'm going to go, uh, Kansas city chiefs. The game will be slow. So I don't think the score will be crazy high. That's something I've been, I've been predicting high scores lately and not realizing Pete Carroll's just going to milk every freaking second of the clock to make sure the game doesn't get too out of hand. So I'm going to go, uh, 31, no, no, I gotta go lower 28, 20 Kansas city chiefs. All right, Eric, what you got? Uh, I like this as well, seeing how it's going to be historically low temperatures in Kansas City. We're going on the road. <laughs> Pete wants to keep it close. And also, I just, I don't know, I just, I think it's going to be a very Seahawks game that you're going to look back and think maybe you could have won this, even though you didn't have a chance. 24 Chiefs. <laughs> 16 is the Seahawks. 24-16. All right. Uh, I think it's going to be, I agree about the score being a little lower. Um, I also am really upset that I think it's going to be kind of a field goal heavy game for us. Uh, so I'm going to end up with kind of a mismatch of the two scores. We're going 28-16 Kansas City. All right. There are many ways to support the Seahawks Nest podcast. The best way to do so, head over to patreon.com slash Seahawks Nest for a little dollar 24 month. Join the Discord. Um, sometimes there's Patreon podcasts. Lately, we've been... Uh, Bit too busy. It's been crazy over here. So, um, but sometimes there's a little bonus content in there, bonus episodes. Uh, so thank you to those people who support Emmanuel, Andy, Brett, Cooper, do it all for the Tucci, Evan, Flocktimus, Gavin, Greta, James, Jose, Joshua, Lucas, Rad Dad, Nikki C, Ryan, Timothy, Astro, Blake, Bob, Casey, David, Foles, Jay, Michelle, Mike, Mike, Richard, Thomas, Brandon, and Nick. Okay, and then I wanted to uh Mention something about this. Uh, the in, in the Discord, we put together some fantasy football leagues. There's three leagues: a dynasty league, a uh, and then two, you know, standard redraft leagues. Um, and K- 
Kevin is in the final in one of the redraft leagues. I'm in the final of the other redraft league, and I'm in the final of the dynasty league. If you guys let us win all three of these leagues, then you that's something horrible is going to happen. <laughs> I don't know. You can't let that happen. You can't just let us destroy you like this. It's not it's not right. So, you know, um, good luck to uh, people who are facing us this week. Mike Astro, that's who I'm facing. Um, I'm going to take away your will to live and uh you're you're ne- you're gonna get destroyed kevin who are you playing this week uh you know you don't look at the competition you just look at doing your best every oh, week uh, oh my gosh come on bill i know you're looking i know bill belichick over there come on do do the voice kevin do it do it kevin uh do do it you know um when you're, you i know uh, you're you have to compliment your opponent when you That's go into a week you uh you really have to watch out for a few key guys on every team this is a a well-coached squad um that's code they, for uh, everyone sucks but me they've uh they've they've really fought hard for uh for every win so far this it's so season. weird too because they are all they're all uh sleepers like oh we're waiting for any uh any stat corrections there ain't no there ain't no stat corrections get on it kevin you are playing against uh primetime gino, prime just, time gino uh, which you i know, think is I think that's a manual. I know and, Justin Herbert. Uh, you know he's he's uh, he's really looking to to clinch that playoff spot. Probably uh, probably going to be able to put put together a pretty good game there. Um, this team is not very intimidating that you're playing against. I'm not. They got Justin Jefferson and AJ Brown. That's pretty good. But the rest of the squad, I think you got this, Kevin. I'm I'm rooting for you, buddy. Good good luck. You know I don't appreciate the jinx that you're trying to put on me right now. Um, <laughs> I'm not. I uh, I'm not putting a jinx on you. I you want know, us I already to win. answered the questions. I'll just walk away from the podium if uh, we keep going along this line. It's... My team is sweet. I got Josh Allen <laughs> and Christian McCaffrey. Actually, that's what like I'm a, really like salty about is sixty burger in the bag. It should week. be you versus me in the other league because I uh, I was the regular season champ, and then my team laid the biggest egg in the playoffs. My lowest score of the entire season came against Mike. So good job, Mike. Like you scored really well. Um, yeah, he got the third highest score of the week, though. It wasn't like his team was bad. Yeah, that's that's why I don't feel bad. Like if if he had scored like 91 and I lost with 86, I'd have been so salty. Instead, he blew me out by 40. And I'm like, you know what? Even if Lamar Jackson hadn't died, I still would have lost. So whatever. Like, good job by you. Got there. Yeah. All right. And Astro has and Dynasty Astro has traded every draft pick for like the next three seasons. So he's, he's he's the he's truly the the, the Los, Los Angeles Rams. Now. <laughs> he is trying to win now, and his team puts up big numbers every week. But three weeks ago, I beat him. So I'm uh I'm feeling I'm feeling all right. I'm feeling like I got a shot. You know, it's like I I have all my draft picks still. So even if I don't win, I, at least I won't. My team won't slowly get terrible like his. So, <laughs> so. <laughs> also, uh, producer Brett coming for you in the money league. Oh yeah, that's true. I oh yeah, you guys are. You guys are playing this week in the it's the second to last round though, right? That's right. In that one. That's gonna be me and Eric. Oh, I, I like how my team put up one of my like, I put up like the highest score in the league or something this week and then <laughs> didn't didn't mean it. It was meaningless. My team has was so good this week and it was like cool. Your team like, shouts points into the void looking for meaning in an ultimately meaningless reality. Guys, I haven't <laughs> looked at that league in a while. I'm way to go. Way to go, Kevin. Way to go. I'm yeah, so Eric, proud you of lost you. it. You lost in the toilet bowl week one and uh, you put up like 40 or something. I saw it and I was like, he must not have checked his team. I know like, it's, <laughs> it's been one of those years. So uh, we'll see it. We'll see what happens with that league and me next year. Don't know yet. I mean, I mean it, for me, it's like I had so many injuries, like even this week, Jonathan Taylor. It's like, it's like every, every week, a new, a new and exciting injury to, uh, 
to to find. I'm glad so. we're I'm glad we're making sure in detail to tell everyone about our fantasy teams. I know that's what they all. Oh hey, did you read all your notes, Nathan? All my notes. Oh, your notes. I don't know. Did I miss? Oh yeah, yeah. Thanks, thanks to Andy uh, a Largent for sending me uh, another stream deck. There'll be 15 new sounds coming soon. Nice. Uh, and then uh, also uh, thank you for uh, having a it all run together in your name so every time i look at it i think it says allergen which <laughs> just makes me chuckle every single time and i appreciate uh, that about you uh there's someone else i wanted to, to mention too but i can't remember who maybe it, it was right. some sort of sound sound something that's what you just talked about. i already did that i already did that so, oh all right very well yeah, I, that was the most Eric thing ever. Remember. You remembered the one <laughs> thing, but then you were didn't hear him actually say it. <laughs> yeah, exactly, it's very okay. Eric. Thanks, Kevin. It's true. All right, all right. Uh, okay, let's go ahead and do. Uh, uh, sorry. Okay, I. Okay, my notes are here. I'm gonna look at them so that I can speak clearly. Okay, here we go. Um, so lately, there's been a big argument about what constitutes a Christmas movie and what doesn't. And I did something. We did something with this last year where we talked about the the fringe Christmas movies, the movies that. Are, uh, are are you know they're they're not quite in the Christmas canon or are they like people these are the these are the movies people argue about. Well, this year I want to do I want to go completely off the grid. I'm going to make an argument. Any movie can be a Christmas movie if you watch it on Christmas. Mm. You like that? Any movie can be a Christmas movie if you watch it on Christmas. So I'm asking you boys, uh, what movies should we add to the uh, to the Christmas? pantheon to the christmas classics what movies are now christmas movies according to us and you can't fight it because any movie is a christmas movie if you watch it on christmas and i'm gonna start okay and i'm gonna start with i'm 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 shooting my shot go big or go home there's no in between here so i'm adding to the christmas pantheon this is officially a christmas movie now take this to your friends tell everyone this is a christmas movie the lord of the rings extended edition the whole thing okay and i'll tell you why because it takes okay. the entire Christmas day to watch it. Yeah, that's a Christmas Boom. day. This is exactly right. Yeah. So what you do, you, so 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 I want a movie that feels cozy. Okay, and very few movies feel cozier. Okay. Than the Lord of the Rings the extended Hobbit's edition. Day. So so you you start you know you just start off in the in the Hobbit in Hobbiton and you end in Hobbiton. You know you're back in you've got these Hobbits. They're just so cool. So okay. So that's part of it. Is that I want I want it to feel a little cozy, and so. I want that that part of it. Also, I want it to be a movie that that everyone has some kind of or a lot of people have some kind of emotional connection to. Okay. And a lot of people love these movies. They love they love the rings. They love the Lord of the Rings. And the other thing that I want is I want to be able to turn it on like as soon as we're done opening presents and we're making Christmas breakfast, right? And we're making I want to turn it on at the beginning of the day and I want to leave it on all day and be able to come in at any time and enjoy myself. So this thing is like 12 hours long and I can leave it on from 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. And I could pop in and out and just catch it, catch a little bit here, a little bit there. Uh, I don't know if it's actually 12 hours. It's probably a little shorter it's than that. Yeah, it's it's like 11 minutes, uh, 11 hours, 45 minutes. Each, each movie. <laughs> okay. So all together, but that's 33 it. 33 hours. That's, good. that's me. So so if you want a Christmas movie to watch this year, I think throw on the rings, throw throw over the rings on extended edition. Uh, let it run all day. I've heard of people doing stuff like this with other movies, like the Harry Potter movies and Star Wars. But for me, it's got to be the rings, Lord of the Rings in the Christmas Pantheon. OK, you guys, any, any notes or 10 out of 10? No notes. Uh, 10 out of 10. No notes. Yeah, That's perfect. It's it's great. There's a lot of, uh, you know, cold mountains, cold caves. There's mm-hmm. snow. Uh, that's very snow. Yeah, that's uh, there's an joy, old man with a beard. 
gifts. There is gifts. There's and gifts. Giving there's of gifts and taking of gifts and mm-hmm. a Grinch on a mountain, sort of. Yep. One hundred percent. He hates riddles. Okay. Um, so, all right, hey, Eric, follow me up. What's your what movie are you adding? What's what's the new what's the Eric Ronnebeck? What's Eric Ronnebeck's new Christmas classic? I I need a little bit more Christmas in my non Christmas Christmas movie. So when I think of Christmas, I think of lights. I think of, you know, the strings of lights everywhere. I think of cold and snow. I think of uh, royal colors like gold everywhere. And that's what brings me to this very joyous eyes wide shut. Yeah. This, this is, uh, I mean, it's got everything you need in a Christmas movie. Everything I just said, it's got Tom Cruise. It's got marriage. Um, what else? <laughs> what else? What it's else? Got dressing up. It's got Christmas dressing lights. up and Christmas parties. Um, it's got such awesome. Uh, you know, a, there a, is a Christmas tree in this movie, is there not? There's I, a couple Christmas trees. What's the uh, what's the Latin song? It's Adeski kind of Fielis. like a secret Santa. Uh, a secret Santa. They say Fidelio, which is very close. Which is very close to Feliz Navidad. Yes, to Feliz Navidad and Adesti Fidelis. So, uh, yeah, you've got everything you need here. But listen, Eyes Wide Shut is more than just a movie about orgies that might get you killed. It's also about uh, family and how you probably shouldn't screw up your family life just because you're bored. And uh, that's really the true meaning of Christmas, I think. So, yeah, Eyes Wide Shut, guys. One of Stanley Kubrick's last movies. I think if you... uh... (laughs) Another Kubrick classic, you, The Shining. We could wedge. It, I mean, if it's Kubrick. If if Kubrick has a Christmas film, this is the one. Oh yeah, it decisively takes place during Christmas. It has some of the hallmarks of a of the Christmas genre. He refused to travel, um, so everything and not everything you see, but like seventy percent of what you see. I mean, sets. Is Bill Harford's hanger. is Bill Harford's journey really that different than Scrooge's? This is true. <laughs> this, and at the end, he found Christmas and, uh, you know, Tom Cruise's character, Bill, found, uh, well, you just have to wait for the last line of the movie. But yeah, exactly. So, all right. Uh, I'm into it. I think 100 percent. All right. If you don't have kids, <laughs> then, uh, then Eyes Wide Shut is definitely a movie you could watch on Christmas. And yeah, it's good. Good. Good for you. All right. Uh, Kevin. Add, add, a, add a final film to our Christmas pantheon. All right. So I originally was going to go with um, a film that has uh, very strong Christmas ties. Um, Catch Me If You Can uh, is mm-hmm. a movie where it specifically has the uh, Christmas Eve calls between um, uh, Frank Abagnale and Carl Hanratty, the... Um, the mm-hmm. two main characters, uh, Leo and uh, Tom Hanks. It also has... Uh, like the the movie starts on its downhill slide during a Christmas seed Christmas scene in um, Frank Abagnale's youth, where uh, his father, played by uh, Christopher Walken, is explaining like the story of how uh, their parents met, and it's kind of like this last nuclear family like happy occasion before things start to unravel. Um, and like the climax occurs around a Christmas scene. Uh, where he, uh, you know, goes back to re-meet his mother. Like, I think the Christmas ties in this are very strong um, about, like, families falling apart, about families coming back together, about how divorce can impact people, all those things. But I feel like its Christmas credentials are beyond reproach. So I think I need to go a little further off the beaten path. Yeah, the thing is, is that, like, 
you don't have to have Chris. It's about vibes. It's about vibes, and that's why I picked. That's why I picked Lord of the Rings, man. It's just about the. You got to have the right vibe, and and uh, you know, and I mean, you know what Christmas orgies is, about? is the vibe too, for sure. <laughs> uh, you know what orgies lead to? Kids. You know what kids are part of? Family. And I want to tell you about a movie series that's about family. Oh, the I got, Fast I like this. and Furious oh. movies. Did we see it Christmas coming? movies. Yeah, family is the most important part of Christmas, Kevin. I I completely agree. They are about family. They're about found family as well as biological family. They're about the extremes that you will go to in order to uh, take care of those that you love. Um, You know, uh, whether it's presents on the tree or food on the table, willing to go to any lengths in order to provide for your family. Um, And it's about how, you know... uh, Family and uh, and caring can be shown all over the world, whether you're in Tokyo or California, whether you're globetrotting in order to stop an international terrorist. Uh, you know, if your family is there with you, then it's a time for celebration. I was curious if Kevin was going to bring in the Tokyo because that seems like the least Christmas. But Kevin says no. Christmas. Uh, also, I, I also, think it's there's similar snow because there's a chase with a submarine in uh the arctic and arctic. so uh there's snow christmas. in this series that's very great i do think it's like if if uh if you, it's also the thing where you could throw it on in the morning and just let it go the whole day i think like like series maybe is the new thing right like you just pick a series that you truly love and make that your christmas tradition i think that is like a, a that is a great strong play that i think anyone could could uh could get behind and if you need a more so. christmasy set then then pick lethal weapon or die hard that's fine but yeah. If you're willing to go out on a limb, if you're willing to take a cinematic journey with us, we have provided you with some options. Yeah. All right. Well, that's it. So uh, for Eric, for Kevin, we will uh, see you next week after the Seahawks defeat the Kansas City Chiefs. All right. Go Hawks.